1: You are listening to Star Wars Bookworms and we have reached episode 60. I'm one of your hosts Aaron Goins and sadly I'm not here with my usual co-host Teresa Delgado. Uh, She is in her first week, most of you know she's a teacher and she's in her first week back at school so she was not able to fit Bookworms into her schedule this week. But I called in some favors, found a friend who knows a lot about books, a lot about comics and I asked her to join me so I am joined Today with Bria from Tashi Station and White Hot Room. How you doing today, Bria?
0: I'm doing pretty good. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for joining me.
0: Absolutely. You said Twilight Company and I came running.
1: <laughs> yes, Twilight Company. This is one that's we I feel like the last like ten episodes of Star Wars Bookworms that we've done at the end of each episode were like, I think we might review Twilight Company next episode. And we kept putting it off, putting it off, but finally we are covering it. We're getting caught up on the novels. And once we knock this out, We're not too far away from uh, we got what two more novels after this one. Bloodline (laughs) is there? Bloodline, Life Debt.
0: Um, did you do the TFA novelization already?
1: We're gonna skip that one.
0: Okay, yeah, then you should be caught up.
1: Yep. So we are we are close to being caught up, and we know there's a lot of books, you know, kind of on the horizon. So no better time to get caught up than now. But you've been on our show
0: before. Yeah, I think I was uh, talking about the Legacy comic.
1: Yes, it's you came solo. on way back. I mean, that kind of dates it because that's back <laughs> when we were still doing legend stuff.
0: Oh man!
1: Yes, that was. Uh, I actually listened back to some of that episode today. Oh no! I was just trying to remember, like, oh, what did we talk about? And uh, yeah, it was the it was the legacy comics. I think it was the final volume of the legacy comics. That's right. But it was interesting because we actually talked about some things on that episode that now, like, looking at kind of the state of Star Wars right now, it was kind of, it. The things we talked about, were, we were almost prophetic. Ooh,
0: did we use the force?
1: <laughs> Maybe. We, <laughs> we actually um, had a conversation about the possibility of Ahsoka coming into Rebels.
0: Ooh, which, go us. Which
1: did happen. Uh, we, were talk- like, we had this whole conversation about how we wanted to see certain characters' stories finished. And we are like, Ahsoka was one of the big ones. And we're like, we would love to see her come in Rebels. We'd also love to see her get her own novel. And there we're you go. Good. Yeah. So we're damn good. <laughs> yeah. So we did that. And then we talked about legends characters, big popular legends characters being brought into the canon in one way or another. Did we get We did it not actually bring up Thrawn. but oh. We did talk about, you know, big characters like Thrawn. Like uh, Mary Jade actually ended up being kind of the big part of the conversation. But yeah. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. It kind of correlates with everything that's going on right now.
0: We'll have to listen back to this in like two years and see how close we got.
1: Right, yeah. So that was episode, you were on episode 36 of Star Wars Bookworm. So for you listeners who may be newer listeners, if you want to hear Bria on another episode, go back to episode 36. So before we get into, we have a couple topics we're going to talk about, and then we're going to do a review, like we were saying, of Twilight Company. But before we jump into that, I, I just want to give everyone an update on what's going on with our book club. Uh, we do have our book club over at goodreads Um, so if anyone wants to join the book club head on over to goodreads search for star wars bookworms and join us over there we talk about we've talked about i I think it's more than 12 novels now um, that we've read and, and discussed so for the months of august and september we are doing life debt so if you guys haven't joined the conversation yet please come join us i know a lot of you have read life debt we have a we have a whole thread um that is spoiler filled so if you've already read the whole book and you don't you don't want to you know kind of tiptoe around spoilers jump over there uh we are we're talking about that book over there
0: it's so good
1: yeah so um and i think we're going to talk a little bit about some elements of life debt because (laughs) in our review of twilight (laughs) company there's some things i wanted to kind of bring up that might tie into life debt so not that we, we won't get into spoiler territory we'll definitely spoil twilight company but we won't spoil life debt but um big event coming up next week, Dragon Con. Yay! <laughs> and you are going. You always go, right?
0: Uh, every year. This will be my eighth one, I think.
1: Oh, wow. You're a veteran. Yeah.
0: I've been going since 2008. My my friend kidnapped me my first freshman year of college and said, come on, we're going to Atlanta. And then we went to Dragon Con.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've only been, I think I've been three times now, two times. Actually, I think I've only been twice. This will be my really? third. I think this will be my third time.
0: Huh?
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to going. I didn't go last year, so I missed last year, and so this year I didn't want to miss again. So I'm definitely headed down. Everything's booked. I got. I didn't get media this time. I didn't even apply. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go as a fan. So, um,
0: yeah, I never go for media. I. That's too crazy of a con for me to actually work it like that.
1: Right. But the cool thing about Dragon con is even if you're not media or you know it's it's a fan run con so a lot of the panels are just fans talking about um, talking about whatever you know there's a lot of stuff going on down there but specifically in the Star Wars track um, and what seems to have happened is a lot of the podcasters that go to Dragon con have started being on a lot of the panels so I know you're on <laughs> you're on a bunch of them Brian and Nancy are on a bunch of them yep. I know Riley and Bethany are yep. on a bunch of them so um which i guess kind of go run down the ones you are on just for any any of our listeners that might be attending uh which ones can they see you on
0: i actually have a relatively light schedule this year i'm only on three um but on friday at 4 p.m you can find me on the star wars costuming panel it's uh gonna be a bunch of us just talking about how to make star wars costumes um it's some serious talent on that panel. I feel seriously outclassed when I sit there with some of those guys. And I'm just like, oh, oh, you actually made your Mandalorian armor out of metal. Oh, OK. <laughs> um, yeah, he's Tom Hutchins is he's good, man. Uh, yeah. And then after that, I am on the Star Wars Rebels panel at 530, which actually Henry Gilroy is going to sit on it with us. So that's going to be mildly nerve-wracking almost as bad as when vanessa <laughs> vanessa marshall uh walked in last year and joined our rebels panel <laughs> which was awesome by the way don't get me wrong but you know when you're sitting up there
1: yeah definitely star
0: wars fans and you're just like oh vanessa's sitting next to me hi Hera. our Hera and canaan space married um
1: so henry gilroy um is he still does he write episodes for rebels
0: i think that's his official title i could check the app that would make sense (laughs)
1: i was just thinking like you know as you guys are up there and what tends to happen as you start talking about something especially with season three coming up um is you start to speculate and all this thing and and you have one of the writers sitting right next to you who knows probably knows everything yeah (laughs) laughing on the inside um, because he he knows everything that you guys are speculating about but that'll be fun i can't wait to see that one
0: yeah and then right after that is the big authors panel So it's going to be, you know, the usual suspects of Zahn, Stackpole, Anderson. Um, I believe Janine is on it as well this year because she's now an official Star Wars author thanks to Twilight Company. Um, In brief,
1: Janine Spenlove, yes.
0: She is awesome. So you guys should go to that. I'm not sitting on that panel. I'm just going to watch from the audience and be amazed. But you guys should go to that one. Um, And then as far as other panels I'm on, um, what's the other one? Oh, Sunday Morning. I am on the new Star Wars characters we already love. I believe its build is being let's talk about Poe and Ray and Finn and maybe Kylo. And I'm just sitting here going, Hux. <laughs> We're going to spend an hour talking about Hux and Afra and Shara Bay, just so everyone's fine with that. But
1: I feel like there's going to be some talk about uh, Sloan. We'll get some, yes. some Mr. Bones in there, maybe some Wexley.
0: Ransom Castro.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. So
0: I promise I will not actually spend the entire time talking about hooks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, I what's there to talk
0: about? Hey, <laughs> so much. <laughs> but that's life debt spoiler territory. So I'll avoid it.
1: <laughs> but, but yeah. yeah. Are,
0: you, are you booked for any panels this year?
1: I'm not. I actually I thought about it. This is what I do to myself all the time. I thought about doing it and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take this year off. I'm not going to do any panels. I'm just going to go as a fan. And then a week after she sent out the deadline for requesting to be on a panel, I was mm-hmm. like, no, now I want to be on panels. So, like, I, I messaged her and was like, hey, I know I missed the deadline, and it looks like all these panels are pretty packed, but, you know, if you want somebody as kind of a backup just in case somebody doesn't show up. So, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm offering my services, you know, just <laughs> in case anybody uh, ends up not showing up. I might sneak onto a panel, but nothing official.
0: So you might uh be a pinch hitter.
1: Yeah, sure. Nice. And there's only like there's only a few that I would really feel like I'd want to be on. I know the yeah. the rebels one I would love to be on. The new characters we already love I'd love to be on that one as well. And really beyond that there's not a lot that I would be like I feel like I could c- contribute that much to. Mm-hmm. So but those two specifically I I will I'll be looking to see if there's empty chairs.
0: Nice. The only one I'm disappointed I didn't get was the military and politics in Star Wars.
1: I think Ry- was, Riley Blanton's on that one?
0: Yeah, I think okay. him, Janine, Thomas Harper, and Bethany might be on that one, too.
1: Okay. Janine's a great one to be on that one. Yeah. Some real-life experience there.
0: Yeah, her and uh, Thomas Harper, too.
1: Great. So, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about DragonCon this year. And um, what will be really cool is Timothy Zahn's going to be there. And <laughs> we have this big announcement that just happened not that long ago with you know, what's going to be coming to season three of the clone war or not clone wars. Uh, that's what we' are thinking. <laughs> rebels. Yes. And w- yeah. Grand Admiral Thrawn is making his, you know, can canonical appearance in uh season three of rebels and Zahn is writing a novel called Thrawn. So this is really cool that he's going to be at Dragon Con. I'm almost wondering if the whole Q and a just ends up being taken over by questions about that. Hopefully, hopefully not. So hopefully the- not
0: like, so if the moderator is smart, they'll just ask Zahn about all the Thrawn stuff right off the bat, and then we can move on. Because there's not much you can tell us. If we get anything new about the book, it'll be at New York Comic Con.
1: Yes, yeah. He's going to so. be pretty tight-lipped about it, I'm sure. Yeah. He may talk about stuff we've kind of already seen, but kind of the process of how they contacted him or, you know, maybe uh, consulting on, you know, episodes of Rebels, things like that.
0: Yeah, and the book's done. I mean, the first draft is done. Is it? For what I hear. Um, I'm pretty sure it's what I heard. I could be wrong.
1: It's kind of like when we were trying to get Christy Golden to, to drop some news about Dark Disciple at Dragon uh, Con. yeah. Right I after that. that got announced. And she was kind of like, oh, I can't really tell you much. And well, that mean, I can't tell you anything.
0: It could be worse. I moderated Tim's panel at Awesome Con this year. I kid you not, I spent a good portion of the time. Showing him that tweet from Filoni about you know there's always truth in legends. Oh, here's the book spine. What do you think of this? <laughs> that jerk has the best poker face I've ever seen in my life. Like I was asking, I was like what do you, what would you think if they brought Thrawn back into Rebels? Have they? Have you heard anything? And he Not just people. played
1: it cool the whole time.
0: He played it so damn cool. Oh man, so <laughs> he's what- good.
1: What what would you have done though if he had kind of just been like pulled you aside and said, "Hey, this is just between me and you, and you can't tell anyone." And, then he, my, and then he and he told you. you would you be able to hold that in? Shut. Oh hell
0: yeah. Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know if I would I, want to have that, you know, that responsibility of knowing something like that.
0: It's got to be crazy, but I also think I probably would have my reaction to everything, like seeing the rebels panel in London would have been much more subdued and people wouldn't have had to worry about me flying through the ceiling right that was a genuine concern
1: (laughs) (laughs) so we got the big announcement and i'm sure you went as crazy as i did as far as thrawn you know being announced as coming to season three of rebels Mm -hmm. um and i didn't i we talked about this a little bit on our last episode of bookworms but obviously you weren't there to talk about it so and i'm kind of curious to hear it from your perspective As far as bringing this character in, a big character like this, like Thrawn, who has a very established history in the way he was used in the legends stuff, Um, like, where is your head at when you hear something like this?
0: Uh, Well, I literally was jumping up and down and screaming, and one of my 501st friends had to keep, like, grabbing me and pulling me back down to the couch. So, again, I didn't go through the ceiling. but to me, I think he's the best character to do this with because, yes, he has an established history, but most of that history is post-Return of the Jedi. We've gotten some of him, like with the Outbound Flight book, but we don't really know him as an Imperial under, like when Palpatine was around. And so I think that gives Filoni and it gives Zahn a lot of freedom to really do do something new with the character, but also have him still be the character that we know and love slash love to hate. Um, I mean, he was the most obvious of the characters of the Legends characters to bring in and probably the easiest. So I think no one was necessarily surprised that if they were going to bring someone in, it was going to be Thrawn. Um, I think it was a really good move, though.
1: Yeah. I I think it was great. When we talked about, I, when I, I was saying, I was listening back to the last episode you were on and we had talked about uh, the same type of subject, but we were kind of focusing more on Mary Jade mm-hmm. and you had said, oh, it'd be cool if we got, you know, some type of an Emperor's Hand type character. Um, <laughs> Inquisitors. That, right. Which we ended up getting Inquisitors, but we got a Emperor's Hand type character who, you know, maybe her name is Mary Jade and she's kind of you know it doesn't even need to be a central character but just kind of as a shout out mm-hmm. um and you're like that would be enough for me uh yeah but in this in this case it seems like they're they're not just bringing in thrawn and having him walk across the background like they did with you know Ala Secura in episode 2 you know this is an actual you know major character that they're bringing in to be a villain in rebel season 3 um who's going to be a major player so it's it's a little bit it's it's going all in i think as far as bringing somebody in
0: Yeah, it's a big effing deal.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. I'm super excited for it. I can't wait to read the novel. Oh um, man! You know to see you know where that goes. I believe that's kind of playing the part of a prequel a little bit to what we see in Rebels. Okay.
0: Yeah, I believe the official word is it's all backstory.
1: And this one is is probably a little bit more obvious of a choice because I know Filoni has you know been pretty vocal about his being a fan of those specific novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and specifically, heir to the Empire, is something he brings up. He even, I think, in in uh, the Clone Wars, he had some kind of shout out to one of Thrawn's you know, maneuvers that he.
0: Oh know. yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but I know. Yeah, I remember what you're talking about.
1: Right. So you know, he's he. It's it definitely one that, if you're gonna guess which character they might bring into something that Filoni's doing, this is the mm-hmm. one I would have guessed.
0: Yeah. And plus, I I think that bringing Thrawn in and doing it how they're doing it really helps show, not all, but some parts of the Legends fandom that, yeah, everyone who, these people who make Star Wars, they do care about the characters. They weren't just shoving them off for whatever reason. I mean, they're bringing someone back. Like, they're bringing Thrawn back. That's a big deal. So I think in the way they're doing it is really, really nice, especially with getting Zahn to write the book.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I just love. One of my favorite things about, you know, this canon, this new canon and almost a a bit of a reset of how they're doing things is how they're tying everything in. Yeah. And, you know, even with the announcement of having Saul Guerrera in in, um, Rogue One, like that was a huge surprise to me. I never thought we would see a character that's that was established in an animated series make the jump to the. the film and now it really opens the doors to the possibilities of what other characters we may see pop up you know in more canon stuff
0: yeah i think it'd be really cool to see um i don't think it'll happen but it'd be cool to see sabine on the big screen or oh yeah yeah live action
1: yeah we were talking about uh with the freemaker adventures i don't know if you've been watching that at all not yet okay yeah, they have a character in there that's uh the battle droid Roger I'm sure you've heard of him at yes least. yeah yeah uh we were saying it'd be cool if he kind of showed up in something where you know you just have him kind of standing in the background and he's got the freemaker logo on his back you know that kind of <laughs> thing where just a little shout out to something like that but I would love to see you know because I think Rogue one is happening right in line with rebels right as far as timeline
0: uh I think it's it's got to be further along because rebels I think is still a couple years before Yavin. Okay, and it's my understanding that Rogue One is right before Yavin.
1: Like right before.
0: Well, they're stealing the Death Star plans, right? Yeah. So it kind of has to be.
1: Well, they're stealing them. Who knows when they actually like utilize them? (laughs) Yeah. Well,
0: true, but it does look like they're on the base that they're on. It it looks like Yavin. Yeah, definitely. So.
1: Right. Yeah. So I mean, at least characters that are in Rebels are within an age range that you know it wouldn't be impossible for them to cross over
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it would be it would be cool get a background yeah. a background character standing there with you know like sabine in her helmet or something and just oh, leave it man. at that
0: oh man so cool
1: <laughs> people would be freaking out
0: <laughs> mainly so, both of us
1: <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah i just wanted to get your take on that stuff i know it's uh something that we're we're both really excited for as as people that have been reading these novels But yeah, so we are going to review Twilight Company today. So uh, we'll just jump right into that. Uh, The author for Twilight Company is Alexander Freed. We've actually had him on our podcast way in the early days of our podcast before we got all of our audio issues figured out. So if you want to go back and listen to his interviews, I apologize for the audio quality. Um, It is from publisher Del Rey. And the release date of this one, was November 3rd of 2015, so it has been out quite a while, so we're not going to worry about spoilers. We're <laughs> going to go headfirst into it. Um and I'm going to let you read the uh publisher's summary.
0: Oh boy. I want you to know I wore my Twilight Company jacket for the occasion.
1: Ah, uh, <laughs> you have you cosplayed?
0: That's Yeah, at New York Comic Con, man.
1: I remember. Yes.
0: Yeah, it was Roach.
1: And this was back before I had read the novel, which is which is terrible. I should have read this, the, the novel before we went to New York Comic Con. really should have. Because we ended up having dinner with Alexander Freed. Yep. And I wasn't even able to talk about it. And you guys nope. were kind of careful to talk about it because you knew I hadn't read it. Yep. I felt I felt bad. I'm sitting at the table like, I'm the reason why we can't be talking about this right now. should have so read it. I, I've learned my lesson. I am now 100% caught up on novels before <laughs> Dragon Con. So Excellent. We, we can talk freely at Dragon Con.
0: All right. I guess I'm reading this thing.
1: Do it. It's a long one. (laughs) I noticed
0: that. (laughs) Okay. The bravest soldiers, the toughest warriors, the ultimate survivors. Among the stars and across the vast expanses of space, the galactic civil war rages. On the battlefields of multiple worlds in the mid-rim, legions of ruthless stormtroopers, bent on crushing resistance to the Empire wherever it arises, are waging close and brutal combat against an armada of freedom fighters. In the streets and alleys of ravaged cities, the frontline forces of the rebel alliance are taking the fight to the enemy, pushing deeper into imperial territory and grappling with the savage flesh and blood realities of war on the ground. Leading the charge are the soldiers, men and women, human and non-human, of the 61st Mobile Infantry, better known as Twilight Company. Hard-bitten and war-weary and ferociously loyal to one another, the members of this renegade outfit doggedly survive where others perish and defiance is their most powerful weapon against the deadliest odds. When orders come down for the rebels to fall back in the face of superior opposition numbers and firepower, Twilight reluctantly complies. Then, an unlikely ally radically changes the strategic equation and gives the Alliance's hardest fighting warriors a crucial chance to turn retreat into resurgence. Orders are not, alone and outgunned, but unbound, Twilight Company locks, loads, and prepares to make its boldest maneuver, trading down and dirty battle in the trenches for a game-changing strike at the ultimate target, the very heart of the Empire's military machine.
1: Yes, so that was a definitely long uh, summary there, but you did a great job. Thank you. So, um, they referred to a unlikely ally, which I find interesting because I never saw her as an ally.
0: She happened she an ally of convenience.
1: Yes, but we can we can get into that. Uh, but this book, technically being a Battlefront book, is based on a video game. I didn't get the vibe, the video game vibe from it at all. Like I didn't even there was no point in it where I felt like, oh, this is a scene that they were purposely trying to kind of mirror something that happens in the game or a, a situation you might be in. I don't know. Do you play Battlefront or have you played it?
0: Uh, I haven't, but. I agree with what you're saying, um, which I actually thought was even more impressive given that this was Alexander Freed's first full-length novel and that he has a video game background that nothing ever felt like, okay, here's my video game action, point, click, shoot, headshot, yay.
1: Right. Yeah, I kind of thought there might be a couple situations where they would purposely try to mirror like maybe a mission that you do in the game or you know, a, a way they take down like a Walker or something is the way you take it down in the game, something like that. But, um, and not like I have played the game, but I haven't played it extensively. So maybe there was stuff I missed, but overall I never got that feeling um, yeah. that it was like overly tied in.
0: I feel like in the game, they go to Solest at one point.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Solest is a big, uh, a big location in the game. So that, I guess that would be, you know, something, but yeah. beyond that, I don't think there's too much. But yeah, this was, I was surprised with this one. This is one when they first announced it, I was just like, ah, okay, you know, military story, you know, it doesn't sound too interesting to my typical tastes when I'm look, what I'm looking for out of a Star Wars novel. Uh, but I remember when they released the cover was mm. when I first got excited. Um, yeah. And you know, you can't, you know, can't really judge a book by its cover, like people say, but just the artwork and the characters that you saw on there, you know, that was really like, I'm like, I hope these characters I'm seeing on this cover are actually the characters that are in the book because they look really interesting. And they were. And you did your costume purely based on that, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I did it based on on the cover. And then uh, Delray was nice enough. Uh, they were kind of co-conspirators on this since Alexander was going to be there. And it was sort of a surprise. Uh, they were able to just kind of give me a little sneak peek at ah. the art for in brief so janine's short story so i had a little bit of that to go on as well okay. um and they sent me the twilight company patch early so i didn't have to sew it on it sitting on the convention floor
1: nice yeah that's such a cool patch i have a couple of them sitting here i don't know what to do with patches when i get patches because i okay. don't i don't have a costume so
0: uh, a yeah. lot of people do like patch jackets that's right. what we do in the first.
1: okay
0: or you can get a bag Show your patches on the bag.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. The problem is my backpack that I bring to conventions is the same one that I use for my job. Oh. So it might be a little much.
0: Clearly, that means you need to get like another backpack. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I need a secondary backpack. backpack. (laughs) Yes, definitely. But so this book is all about Twilight Company. Um, I'm forgetting the battalion. Do you remember? 61st. 61st. So... This is kind of the the battalion you don't necessarily want to be in if you want to survive. It sounds like you know, as as I'm reading this book, I'm like, man, they really have it bad.
0: I kind of got the vibe that it wasn't just Twilight Company who had it bad, but this was what the war was actually like for everyone on the front lines and in the trenches, and not if you were, you know, the princess or the commander or
1: right. whatever.
0: So I, I feel like this was a pretty good it was a pretty good representation of what being you know rebelling was actually like
1: right yeah and uh it's not like luke skywalker you just jump in an x-wing take a couple shots and fly away yeah no (laughs) you're actually in the the mud in the trenches i loved that perspective from Mm -hmm. that was one of my favorite things about this book was that perspective getting it from the ground you know kind of the the ground troops yeah so yeah it was that was one of my favorite parts for sure
0: it sort of filled the void that was left by uh, books like Republic Commando, where you get the nitty gritty in your face.
1: Right. Yeah. And um, so this, I would say, and you may disagree with me, I think Namir was the main character.
0: He was. I'll agree with you on that. But I would also say that the book is more about the woman.
1: About the woman or the women?
0: The woman. Uh, so Chalice, Brand, and Roach. Okay. I would say it's like, like he's the main character, but the ladies are the ones who go through. It feels like they go through more of an arc and it's more about what happens, especially with Chalice. She's probably like a co-lead with Namir. Yes,
1: I would completely agree. I I think, I feel like the book definitely focuses on Namir and Chalice the most. I kind of see them as the co-leads you know if you're saying what you know who are the main characters in this book i would say those two for sure um and then secondary to that i would say you know kind of the rest of the cast you know there's yeah. that that was actually one of my complaints i felt like they introduced us to so many characters and so many you know characters with a lot of potential mm-hmm. but i i felt like i just didn't get to know cer- certain ones enough even yeah. even um brand you know she was an important part and was kind of Uh, a very important voice for Namir and like kind of you know this she just had good advice and kind of you know a friendship that they had there but I wanted to know more about her you know I wanted I wanted more information
0: I feel like that was kind of her thing though like she didn't want to be like close to these people necessarily she was committed to Twilight Company but again she joined Twilight Company because she had took a bounty on The captain, originally. And the one I forgot before when I was naming off the ladies was Thara. Because the only points of view we ever get are Thara, Brand, and Namir. Okay. I think. Unless I miss someone. But yeah, like just just for the second time, when I was reading it earlier, it just seemed like, yeah, Namir is there. But it's also very much a story about all these really cool women. Okay. Are there, too.
1: So I would say for me, I'm much more connected with Namir. Mm-hmm. And so I did feel like he had a really good story arc. Um, but in some of these other characters that you're mentioning, like, like you just brought up Thera. To me, Thera was like a throwaway character.
0: Oh, I loved her.
1: Like I love the idea of what she was, but I just felt like she kind of popped in, you know, a couple times. And even when they brought her back as the one that ultimately like, kind of captured Namir, Mm -hmm. I still the payoff wasn't enough for me where I was just like she just seemed like she was a bit unnecessary
0: she she's the other side of the coin so whereas you're getting nitty-gritty in the trenches for the rebels you're also getting super nitty-gritty in the trenches for the Empire her first chapter I think is chapter three where you know you have her going and talking to her uncle and everything and then she goes back and like suits up in her stormtrooper gear I adore that chapter where she just kind of, I'm like, oh, that's what's going on. Um, So I think I get what you're saying. Um, I think that she could have like, yeah, her story could have been taken out and it wouldn't have made the book that much different. But I like the contrast it gave us.
1: Right. I almost felt like um, we may have been set up for more. Mm. Like if he wrote this in a way where he was thinking, you know what, this is something that I want to establish a couple characters that I may use in future novels that connect to this. Yeah. And she might be one of those characters where he's laying the groundwork for somebody that's going to be much more important in a second novel, you know, follow-up novel. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the way I felt when I read Aftermath and they had, uh, I think his name is John Burrell. Is oh, right? yeah. Yeah. And in Aftermath, he literally, he's not in it hardly at all, but then he kind of falls out of nowhere, literally falls from the sky at the end. And becomes a major part of their team, and I was—I remember finishing the novel and just being like, "Who is that guy? Like, where did he come from?" And then in, in Life Debt, he's like a major character, like as yeah. big of a character as anyone else, almost. So I was like, okay, you know, he—you know—the writer dropped him in with the intention of you know more coming later. So I kind of—I almost wonder if that's the same case here for Thera. It's possible. Maybe, we'll see. But you we, we were talking about Chalice, and I think Chalice is a, one of my favorite new characters in the canon. Um, I love the fact that they're introducing us to these really interesting characters uh, that are a little a little cracked in the head, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> and we're yeah. getting that. We're getting like Chaylus is one of those type of characters. Um, it seems like it's more the Imperials, but um, I don't know if you remember the guy from um, Lords of the Sith. Do you remember that?
0: Oh, uh, the one who double crossed. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. just
1: basically went kooky by the end. Yeah. You know that guy, Chalice. Um, and then even in the in Life Debt, you have the guy that's running. Um, and we won't get into too many spoilers, but this might be minor spoiler, but the guy that was running Kashik. Oh yeah. That dude was cracked. He was crazy.
0: Yeah. And he I even love Vidian. these. Yes,
1: Vidian's, Vidian's another crazy. one. So I kind of I love these characters that they're introducing from the Empire. I find them very interesting, and uh, Chalice... Chalice definitely is one of them.
0: Yeah. And I was so I was rereading um, a bunch of the Star Wars books before Life Debt came out because I wanted to experiment with the reading order. And I totally didn't realize it before. But uh, John Jackson Miller name dropped Chalice in his tie in story. The one with Tarkin and Vidian. Oh, did he like, really? Yeah. Yeah. She got name dropped in it.
1: Wow. And I saw
0: that. and I went, ooh.
1: <laughs> yeah, we got a Vidian name drop in this one. Uh, which I guess, I'm forgetting the connection, but she, did she kind of report to Vidian at one point?
0: Yeah, she was sort of his protege.
1: Okay, which um, was also the case for Sloan.
0: Yes, but in a different way.
1: In a different way, right. So, yeah, so I thought that was an interesting connection. Vidian seems to be popping up. I feel like he got a mention in, did he get a mention in Bloodline, or was it Life Debt?
0: I want to say Life Debt. It must have been Life Debt, because Sloan.
1: Okay, yes, yeah, I think you're right. So he he seems like his name keeps popping up, so I think that's really cool considering that um that john jackson miller story was it wasn't the first canon novel we got
0: a new a new dawn
1: a new dawn was it, yeah, the it first? Was. okay it was. yeah so it's cool that we get one of these characters who is the main villain from the very first of the the new canon and he's and he keeps he's continuing to pop up at least in name yeah so i always like it when they they connect the universe like that
0: the new canon's doing a really awesome job with that
1: definitely um, so roach you had brought her up earlier um, oh
0: I love her she's a mess but i love her
1: yeah this is a i always have an issue with connecting with characters that are much younger than me mm-hmm. um, and especially teenage characters it's like that's a part of my life that has has long gone <laughs> so characters that are kind of more angsty or going through uh, some of these things coming of age type things um i have hard i have a harder time connecting with so that was not a character i think i connected with the same way you did
0: yeah, well, I'm slightly closer to my teen years. Yes, not, yes. Not <laughs> just a you little are. bit. Um, <laughs> still got more than a few on her, but I love that she's just this mess. She She's a scrappy little former spice addict who finds a way to just like reinvent herself. And she chooses to go by the name of Roach, which I'm just like, oh, oh, sweetheart, I love you. Um, And then just becomes this... This really this this soldier and a part of Twilight Company, a part of something bigger than herself. And I'm still mad about what happened. And it's probably because I cosplayed as her.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs>
0: God. Did I tell you how he signed my book? No. So I flagged huh, spoiler alert. I flagged the page where it talks about how Roach is dead. And I, I wrote on a little post-it note of my um my arc and I wrote, totally not okay. And I just handed the book to Alex and I was like, you know, I left you a little note. So he opens it to that chapter, signs it and writes totally okay" and draws an arrow to it and a smiley face. (laughs) I was like, thanks, thanks. Um, But I just liked her because she was, you know, I guess in the war stories, you get the youngster who kind of has to figure things out. But I also like that they didn't, yeah, she used to be on, like, space drugs, but they didn't make, they didn't drag it out and, like, make that everything that she was about.
1: Right. She just, just had ha- kind of that one scene where he, where I think Namir sat with her as she was kind of going through, yeah. Um. you know, kind of. Her withdrawal. Her withdrawal, right. So, yeah, but they didn't, like, dwell on it.
0: Where- yeah, which I thought was, like mildly progressive i guess i don't even know that's the right word but
1: it's more i think it's it's a crutch sometimes that people lean on and they didn't use it this time which i which i appreciated
0: yeah so yeah
1: Yeah, she was she was an you know interesting enough character for me and i i liked her as part of the team but it wasn't one of those characters that i was like you know kind of interested to hear much more about and when you know what happened happened yeah you know, it was it was definitely a sad moment, but it it wasn't. It didn't impact me probably the same way as somebody that cosplayed as her.
0: I'm just <laughs> I'm a sucker for that sort of character. Let's go with that.
1: Right. Um I thought the the use of an airlock as a brig was pretty genius. I I thought that was pretty funny. I know they did it kind of um it wasn't like that was something they normally did on that ship, but it was okay. almost just the need at the time. But I thought that was cool. It's like, oh yeah, let's. Why not put a prisoner in an airlock that way? Easy, easy to get rid of him if you need to.
0: It was very, uh, President Rosalind.
1: Right. Yes. Good reference. I try. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, so we get another Imperial, Captain Tabor. Is that his name? Yeah. Is that how you say it? Captain Tabor. And then we get introduced to another crazy Imperial, Prelate Verge.
0: Bye boy needs to... Oh my God.
1: <laughs> that was... He's He was such a unique character that I actually really enjoyed him as a character. It was just...
0: I wanted to smack him.
1: Right. Which was, you know, part of... Sometimes the characters you hate the most are the ones that are the most interesting to read about.
0: I just felt bad for Captain Tibor.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was... Uh, I thought he was an interesting character. Now, I did... I did read the novel but also did the audiobook. And I don't know if you did the audiobook at all for this one.
0: No, I never do audiobooks.
1: Um this audiobook was actually very well done. Uh, my complaint with most audiobooks is I feel like they overact on the voices mm. and it comes across a bit cheesy. Uh for this character specifically, they did that. You know, for oh. Virg. he was he had this voice that was um he it definitely fit the character. But yeah. Very, very interesting. Kind of, he falls in line with kind of what I was talking about as far as these uh, crazier Imperials that seem to be all over our new canon.
0: Yes. <laughs> Why the Empire actually failed too much. Right.
1: Yeah, we're starting to figure it out. Um, I think the big scene, the memorable scene, the one I kept hearing everybody talk about was the Hoth scene.
0: Oh, that was so good.
1: I know when I was reading that scene, I was kind of like I was right on the edge of my seat, uh, just to see to see Vader. From kind of an outsider's perspective and somebody that is not aware of the power that people like him have,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's really cool to see it from that perspective. They kind of did that in uh, Lords of the Sith as well, mm-hmm. when Vader did that whole like nosedive into that ship and like basically <laughs> killed everyone. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, they were all just like, oh, this guy can't be, you know, that bad. And then they all basically die. And that's they kind of did that again here, uh, but from a different perspective. I thought it was really well done.
0: I totally agree. I think I was enjoying the book up until this point, but this was sort of the total it was it was the where I went from liking it to really loving it, right. Cause it kicked into a whole other gear. And everything they did with Jaylas at this part was just incredible. And I think it's a testament to how to how good Freed's writing was that I was completely with her when she was like, Oh, well, you know, you found me. Okay, you know, bring it on and he just force chokes her and goes, "We're Skywalker." Right. And then she just breaks because she's like, "What do you mean you're not here for me?" And it's the whole like she's not as important as she thought she was.
1: Yeah, he just shattered her world. Oh, that was which, so good. And it was so it was so well done because you get this character when they introduce her, she's, you know, she's definitely cocky, you know, thinks she's got the best of just about everyone around her. Mm-hmm. And then in this one moment, you know Vader just literally breaks her, and the rest of the novel is affected by it. Yeah, uh, which I found really interesting. And the fact that she survived a force choke, and I don't know if Vader did it on purpose. It almost felt like he thought he killed her. You know, he kind of crushes her throat and throws her to the side, but she survived it. You know, she ha- you know has this long healing process, um, and that's that's pretty that's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. And this is, I probably should mention this earlier, but one of the things I really liked is that they mentioned that she, you know, she's all about the logistics and how she sees things and how they all work. And I, as someone who works like government, I appreciate that so much.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you she- know,
0: again, we're seeing the other side of everything besides the heroes and the big bad villains.
1: Right. Yeah. And the big thing she was kind of offering the rebellion was the ability to get ahead of the empire, you know, kind of showing them, you know, different, you know, I guess maps and, you know, information data that they could use to their advantage. Yep. Um, and they never really, they never fully realized the potential of that, um, from her. I don't think No. and I never could like, she was one of these characters that I never really knew her true intentions. And even after finishing the novel, I was unclear on her intentions. Um,
0: I think her intentions were survive and look out for herself.
1: Yes, that—that's kind of what I thought too. Um, and, and I we'll, respect that. We'll save. We'll kind of save that conversation a little bit for the end too. But um, before we get into that, I did want to talk a little bit about okay, so and Numb.
0: This, yeah, what this guy's showing
1: up everywhere, right?
0: Yeah, He's, and I—I I actually asked. Um, Completely unrelated, like sort of unrelated. But I, I asked um, Mark Wade when I interviewed him about the Princess Leia comic if he had been told to include Nia Nub in it. And he's like, no, I just wanted to. Right. So it's not like there's some like editorial decree coming down from Lucasfilm being like, use the People just want to do it. And it just...
1: He's showing up everywhere.
0: I don't get it's it. It's so
1: funny. Um, it's great. I, but... I kind of wondered if it was this thing where, you know, the publishing arm was kind of asking for information about the force awakens, mm. you know, Hey, what characters are going to show up in it? Maybe we can drop them into our stories. And, and they came back like, Oh, well, Nia Numb's going to show up in it. And they were like, all right, you know, and so everybody just ended up putting them in their stories. <laughs> but, I don't
0: know. I, I feel like it just happens. Like it probably happened maybe for uh, moving target, but I feel like for this book and for the Leia comic, total coincidence.
1: Right. So, yeah, I just, he keeps popping up everywhere. I think it's funny. Um, Speaking of him, and this is not related to this story, but we did re- review the Princess Leia comics. Um, and um, I'm forgetting the name of the character, but the... Yvonne. Yvonne, yes. So were they just were they indicating that Yvonne and Nia Numb used to date? Did you pick up on that? I think so. No? Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, now I want to go grab my there comics. Was this,
1: yeah, after we're done recording... Go back and read that. Uh, I'll have to pinpoint the issue for you, but whatever issue they they meet in there, there was this weird flirtation between the two characters. Maybe it was just me. I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, oh man, like not not a, a match. I would would have shipped, but you know,
0: shippers going to ship ship ship.
1: <laughs> to, to each their own, right? Um, but yeah, so I I wanted to bring it up. Nia num showing up and everything, but another cool character, Gadron. Gadron. Yeah, the um,
0: Basilisk, right?
1: Yes, he was he... the one that really stuck out to me when I saw the cover.
0: I think he's the one who stuck out to everyone because everyone went, "Wait, what?"
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, because I... you see the Battle of Hoth, you know, we watch it in Empire Strikes Back, and you don't, you know, we I I'm pretty sure there's zero aliens. Yeah. Uh, so to have not only have an alien involved, but have an alien of that you know that stature, an alien that's that visibly you know different than than humans, that was uh, that was definitely unique and cool.
0: Yeah. There was a line I picked up when I was skimming through the book earlier where uh, someone's giving uh, Gadron crap, and Namir is like, Look, he's from Corellia. He's not like Besselisk. If you're going to insult him, call him a Corellian. And someone had to explain to Namir that like Besselisk was his species, but he happened to be from the planet of Corellia. And I just, that stood out to me for some reason. Yeah, it
1: did. That conversation stood out to me as well. I think it was it was almost trying to uh, shine a light on the fact that Namir is not an educated person by any no. means. Um, you know, he comes from this backwater planet, which also seems to be a theme in the new Canon. A lot of characters that they're establishing, um, you have Chalice here, you have... Um, All of them, really. Namir, they they make a point to point that out uh, in the novel Tarkin, they make it a point to point out that he's from a backwater planet. Um, we have... In life debt, uh, what's his name? Rax Mm. uh, is also. Uh. They make a big point of where he's from. So that kind of stuff. It's it's interesting that that seems to be another theme that's popping up in the new canon.
0: If everyone's from a backwater planet, what are the non backwater planets?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess it makes sense. Probably the majority of planets would be considered, you know, uh, backwater, and then you have like kind of the key planets like Alderaan and Corellia and. Coruscant. You know, Coruscant and those planets. So, I, I guess if you're just going purely by uh, odds, odds it's are just, that they would be.
0: It's just funny when we think about legends where everyone was from Corellia,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> and now,
0: like, no one's from Corellia anymore. Nope.
1: they're not touching that. So, yeah, um, yeah. But Gadron, I liked him as a character. He was he was another one that you know he's he's kind of in and out in the story. He's not a central focus, mm-hmm. and he's he's almost just a somebody to give Namir good advice when he needs it more than anything else.
0: Yeah, but he felt real. Like, that was one of the things that I liked about this book was that the characters all felt very real and not like he was just checking a trope box for each one.
1: Right. And he uh, he ends up losing an arm, doesn't he?
0: I actually don't remember. I think he
1: does. I'm pretty sure he does. Um, I mean, he's got four, so... He's got. He's got three to spare. He'll be got, fine. Yeah, he's got some to spare. But yeah, he did. I believe he did lose an arm. Um, was so Roach died.
0: Roach dies. Was there <laughs> any? I'm
1: trying to remember. I know the captain died as well. Yeah, um, uh,
0: he dies. Uh, Charmer dies.
1: Charmer. That's right. Ajax
0: dies. A lot yes. of characters die. Yeah,
1: this book was pretty rough with with that. I mean, they didn't. You had kind of that core cast, and the really the only one that died in the core cast, I would say, would be Roach. But and you the had. Captain in the captain. Um but some of these other characters that died as well. Yeah, they were they were definitely pretty rough on the on these characters. Yeah. Which makes did, sense for a war book.
0: Yeah. I did miss having a dramatis Yes. Persona oh, I list. missed like, that. Yeah. I wish they would bring it back cuz like this would have been a book where it was good for that simply so I could check and be like, "Oh, okay, right, Charmer is the uh whatever character you know, the human male or this character is the Basilisk or just.
1: Right. Yeah. As the name pops up, you can kind of quick reference. Oh wait, which one was that again?
0: Yeah. Some terrible with names. So.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I miss that so much. I I know they probably won't go back to it because that's almost like a mark of like the, the legend stuff. But I would love to see that come back. Yeah. But uh, so we have kind of a a big moment where uh, Chaelis ends up kind of running away from the group and she's trying to escape. And you have the moment where Brand has her in her sights and basically asks Namir if she should fire, right? Mm-hmm. Am I remembering this correctly. I um think so. I think so. And <laughs> he gives her the I think he gives her the okay to go ahead and take her out. Right? Or maybe I you know what? I'm not going to say get... that's a fact because I think I think he may have n- not answered her and then she just decided to pull the trigger anyways.
0: That sounds right. I, yeah. I didn't get that far in my reread. <laughs> yeah. I didn't start until today.
1: <laughs> As I'm thinking about it, I think that's how it went down. I think she was basically like, should I take the shot? He just doesn't answer at all. Yeah. And then she takes the shot. She that misses. That sounds right. but, Which
0: is just in itself weird.
1: So do you think that she missed on purpose? Or was that just a uh, dramatic, you know, just kind of part of the dramatic storytelling?
0: I don't know. Hmm. I think it's 50-50. It's
1: a good question for... uh for Alexander. Yeah. Next time I bump into him, I'll ask. <laughs> but, yeah, I found that interesting. I thought that was kind of a cool scene. Um, you know, if Brand was meaning to take her out, that was pretty cold-blooded. Yeah. But I guess that goes along with being a bounty hunter.
0: Yeah. She's not exactly warm and fluffy.
1: Right. So we have uh, – so she does get away. She escapes in a shuttle but quickly gets captured by the Imperials. And this is where I'm kind of like, okay – What's what really went down here? What were her intentions? Because she kind of sets up this whole booby trap for them. Mm-hmm. You know, she shows up in, at you know, whatever ship they're in that they they bring her in. And initially she's kind of trying to deal with them like, hey, you know, let me join you guys again. I have all this information I can help you guys with. And at this point, the Imperials are like done with her. They're like, no, yeah. we don't want you. Uh, and then once she realizes they don't want her, then she sets off the booby trap. So I've always kind of wondered, like, was she all along, was she going to set off the booby trap or was it only a safeguard in case they didn't take her back?
0: going to go with safeguard. You think so? Yeah, because I think that despite herself, she started to like them and she definitely liked Howell. Yeah. I think, I think she and Howell are doing it. Okay. See, um. I was,
1: I, I wasn't going to bring it up because <laughs> I already, I already brought up the knee and numb thing and you, you were like, huh? So I was like, oh, I'm not going to bring up another thing. But yeah, so now that you brought it up, yeah, I totally got that vibe.
0: They were, yeah, they were doing it.
1: That he was, you know, because it seemed like he was really showing her all this favoritism, but you didn't really understand why. And even Namir was just kind of like, why does he like her so much? And I'm thinking, yeah, there's something going on, there's something going on behind closed doors there.
0: Yeah, I think, especially because at one point Namir finds her in Howell's quarters after Howell dies. Right. I was like, mm hmm.
1: So you think that she actually did start to um you know kind of care about this group and that she wasn't necessarily trying to double cross them or she was still yeah. out for herself?
0: I think she was mostly out for herself but she if she could hel- if she could not completely screw them over. Yeah, yeah it's it's hard. it's tricky. She's one of those characters who I think that's what makes her interesting is that you don't really know what she's going to do or what her plan is.
1: Right. And I think with kind of the way it ended as she is she's kind of headed off um and she ends up going back to I believe Namir's home planet. That's where she's going to go. She wants to get out of the fray, just go to this back world planet and she had heard him talk about it. Uh Crucible, I believe was the name of it. Yes. So she was just going to head off there but she actually does send a message back to Namir kind of like, "Hey, you know, this is what I'm doing. I'm leaving." but it did seem like she cared enough to kind of, you know, make that last contact. So. Yeah. Yeah. She I,
0: figured out how to care in her own way. Imperials are caringly stunted.
1: Right. So I did get the feeling that I I agree with you. I think she was out for herself 90% of the time, but there was that small 10% that she was like, "Oh, you know, maybe I do care about these people." Yeah. And then of course we get the Captain Tabor. Oh, yeah. Where he, you know, there's the scuffle with the gun, and then he, like, he ends up just shooting Verge.
0: About damn time.
1: Which I thought, that actually caught me off guard when it all went down. I thought he was going to pull the gun, and then he was going to, like, you know, stop Chalice and be like, no, and then we're going to capture her or whatever. And the fact that he just shot Prelate Verge, and he just killed him. Like, this was his opportunity. He's like, I have a gun. You know, there's the scuffle going on. I could totally cover it up. I'm just going to kill this guy.
0: I mean... He was not happy from moment one. He stepped on that ship. No. He was not happy to be there. Verge was a
1: little... They brought him out of like... He was like teaching at some academy, I think. Yeah, I think and it
0: was it, the uh, Carada. Right. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes,
1: yes. Which I thought was also a nice Legends nod.
0: Yeah, was that the first time it made it back into canon?
1: You know what? I thought it was. And so I, I wanted to check my facts and it was actually mentioned in a Clone Wars episode. Oh. Uh, the one with with uh, colonel gascon. Oh. The little frog dude. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Star Wars never changed. Right. <laughs> little frog so, dude, green rabbit. Right.
1: Never so he mentioned yeah, he did he did mention that planet cuz I thought this might have been the first mention as well, but that was, you know, Big Legends planet. Yeah. So, so yeah. it's it's cool to see the the little shout outs here and there. But definitely. Yeah. Yeah, he he got brought basically out of I mean, not really retirement, but he was kind of at the end of his career. He's teaching at the academy, and then they bring him back into it, which I don't think he he wanted.
0: No, yeah, kind of reminds me of
1: a character that's in Freemaker Adventures, but you'll have to get there
0: after Def- Dragon Con. I definitely you can will give recommend me crap about it after Dragon Con.
1: <laughs> I will definitely recommend the show. It's very funny. I did not expect to like it as much as I do, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's definitely really funny and Is good. Good legend shout outs in on that one too. Ooh, definitely good ones. As far as I will, I'll tell you one because you might not have cat caught it anyway. So I'll just tell you, and it's not really a spoiler or anything. Uh-huh. But they actually have the name Lobaka in Arabesh.
0: Oh my god, that's amazing! Show
1: up on one of the on one of the episodes.
0: That's amazing, and it makes me so happy.
1: Yes, I was uh, like, they're basically the story is they're you know they're at this prison on Kashyyyk, and um, they're going through the hallways. And one of the monitors has this list of prisoners. Mm-hmm. And since it's, you know, a Wookie, the Wookiee planet, I, mm-hmm. all the names are very Wookiee. And I was like, <laughs> you know, me being somebody that does that, I decided to translate all the Arabesh.
0: <laughs> so you read Arabesh?
1: <laughs> yes, I do. You nerd. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm looking at the names. I'm like, that says Lobaka. Like Lobaka.
0: That's amazing. It's crazy. Oh, my God. It's amazing.
1: So I was pretty excited about that. (laughs) But yeah, so I think we we pretty much covered everything. I don't know if you had anything that I missed that you wanted to talk about. Any characters Um, you wanted to talk about more?
0: I could talk all day about Brand uh, because I really, really liked her a lot. Um, But if anyone hasn't read In Brief yet, which was Janine Spenlove's short story and insider, you should definitely go read it. Yes, Um, definitely. It's a nice little backstory for her. Um, and Howell, you get more of Howl um, I guess the only thing I wanted to point out is that this novel's cast was very diverse and yes. it never felt forced it just seemed oh yeah this is the ragtag bunch of misfits who decide to join the rebel alliance for whatever reason they want to and it makes sense that they come from all walks of life
1: yeah definitely and that's something that they're really doing a good job of right now I believe with all the, the new novels yeah like across yeah. the board, it seems like they're they're definitely, um, you know, making sure that these these casts are are diverse. Yeah. So.
0: It was Great. good. I, I really loved it. It's- yes.
1: Yeah, I guess we didn't kind of give final thoughts. Um, so I thought that for the most part, I really liked this book. I liked the perspective that it gave us from these characters on the ground, you know, fighting these wars that we've always kind of – previously seen from you know a different perspective and i I really liked how detailed they got even some of the scenes where they were talking about you know different their training regimen and like kind of the details of you know how they do different shifts and stuff Mm -hmm. through the night and you know it felt like he really did his research as he was writing this novel um and yeah for the most part this one was this this has been one of my favorite i don't know like I haven't sat down and thought through all the new canon novels and like ranked them, but I feel like this is in my top three. Um, so it's it's definitely one of my favorites of the new canon.
0: I think it's it's number three for me. It okay. comes behind Bloodline and a New Dawn. But
1: Okay. Yeah So Lost I, Stars is not up there? I thought you were a big Lost Stars fan, no?
0: I what I am, I am, but I mean, come on, Bloodline's my thing, man. Yeah. That book just had me written all over it in giant sharpie. I know,
1: right? I feel like when I'm reading these novels and there's certain things like that, like Bloodline, things that happen in that, and then um, even the Princess Leia comic and, like, the survivors of Alderaan and stuff. I'm like, are they? Oh did they God. literally just decide to start writing stuff for Bria?
0: They should. They should keep doing it.
1: <laughs> You're in somebody's ear.
0: I'm not. I wish I was, but I'm not. I just, oh, give me all the Alderaan. Um but yeah, I mean, for this book, I I really liked it. Like you, I didn't think I was going to when they first announced it. I was like, "Oh, great. We're using Precious book space on a battlefront time." Yay. Right. But yeah, Alexander Freed like really pleasantly surprised me. I I enjoyed it. I loved the characters. I would love to see another I'd love to see a sequel.
1: Yeah, I kind of I kind of feel like it was set up for a sequel. You know, the 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 company survives, you know, they're definitely you know, I wouldn't I don't know if the word decimated is, is right, but I think they lost like almost two thirds of their of their group. Yeah. So I mean they were you know, they were taken down pretty pretty good, but they were survived. And now we have Namir kind of in that captain role. We have Chalice kinda of going off and not really sure what's gonna happen with her. Um so yeah, I definitely think they could do they could do a sequel to this one.
0: Twilight Endures.
1: Twilight Endures, yeah. So yeah good one but yeah thanks Bria for coming on I know it was kind of a last minute thing but I really appreciate you uh jumping in and help me review this book
0: absolutely like I said I loved it and I love talking about books that I like so
1: yeah we'll have to get you on for some comics I know we have a, a lot of comics uh to review and I, when we did the Leia one I was like oh Bria would be a great one to get on but uh, I knew it would be tough to kind of schedule we did that one kind of last minute so yeah but um, if you have any other comic volumes that were ones that you really like, let me know and we'll, we'll try to get you on because I know you, you do all the comics as well. I do. You
0: should probably get me on for the last Vader trade.
1: Okay. That right. last
0: issue. Oh, man, it's coming out soon. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to be okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll set that one aside for you. Awesome. All right. So um, for our next episode, we are looking at uh, Darth Vader volume two as probably the next comic that we're gonna review and then Bloodline as, as the next novel. So one of those two, depending on uh, on scheduling and, and things like that, but we'll probably review one of those two. Um, and before we go, I definitely wanna give you a chance to let people know where they can find you online. How can people follow what you do, Bria? Uh,
0: mostly on Twitter, where I am at ChaosBria. You can also find me I recently, relatively recently, uh, I ended up launching my own site. So that's chaosbrea.com, where I've been rerunning the Waru Express. Uh, aside from that, I am always writing and reviewing and publishing new stuff over at Tashi Station. That's atashi-station.net uh, and then White Hot Room. So whitehotroom.com.
1: Great. And for the show, you can find us on Twitter at Star Wars Bookworms. You can email us starwarsbookworms, at starwarsbookwormsgmail.com. We actually have a handful of emails. Uh, that we have received that we've not uh, gotten to on the show but the next episode we get Teresa on we will definitely tackle those emails Uh, you can find us on Facebook uh, iTunes if you haven't left us a review yet we'd love for you to head over to iTunes leave us a nice five-star review and you can find Teresa on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Ice Cold Penguin you can find me on Twitter at AV Goins and until next time keep on reading and may the force be with you